0: From me, Eric Asher. If your AC ever fails, you can trust Burkhart to be there quick, get you back up and running. If you need a new AC, trust Burkhart to treat you with respect, to help you save with a fair price, do the job right. As my good friend John Burkhart always says, trust is the foundation of our business. Just ask our customers. For air conditioning this season, trust Burkhart. Visit acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com and tell them Eric sent you. I'm a Good afternoon and welcome. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher, 106.1 FM NASH ICON. iHeart Radio App, TuneIn Radio App, take the show with you anywhere. That's your mobile apps for the program. NASH FM 106.1 and ericasher.com on the World Wide Web. Uh, our podcast available on Anchor Podcasting, but also on all the major podcasting platforms. So choose your favorite podcasting platform. Uh, search Inside New Orleans Radio Show with Eric Asher. If you missed our program today, uh, the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports was back live. Garland Gillen of Fox 8 Sports was my guest. We covered Saints, LSU, Tulane, even a little high school as well. Uh, You can check us out tonight at 6 o'clock on WLAET with our first rebroadcast, a second rebroadcast at 10 p.m. on the Deuce, TV 2 Friday night, 9 o'clock, Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock on LAE, 2 a.m. on Saturday morning on the Deuce, and uh, 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television every Saturday afternoon. We'll have that up on our social media platforms hopefully tonight. Uh, at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook. Remember, you need to contact me, eric at ericasher.com is a great way to do that. Jordy Colada will join us on the program today from the Jordy Collada Show, talking LSU football. That's going to happen at uh, 435 this afternoon. Mike Triplett of ESPN will join us at 535, and we'll talk Saints with him. Uh, No injury report out yet, but uh, just looking at Luke Johnson's uh, uh, Twitter feed, when at Saints practice today, Marshawn Lattimore stretched with the team, but did not. he did not see him after that. CJGJ rode a bike off to the side for a while, but was on the field in uniform toward the end of the viewing period. Now, remember, again, the media is able to come in and view for uh, maybe the first 15, 20 minutes of, of practice. When they start to get down to practice, that they have to exit stage, stage left. Uh, he did not see Marcus Davenport, Quan Alexander, or Eric McCoy. Uh, concerned about the Quan Alexander one a little bit because uh, you would think that uh, he would probably be back. McCoy and Davenport expected to miss weeks. Uh, Davenport with the uh, with the pec injury, just a strained pec, and McCoy now with a strained calf. So both guys could be out three, four weeks, hopefully not that long. Uh, P.J. Williams with the back, and Trevor Simeon had an illness. Both were back at practice after being held out. So, again, uh, we're waiting on the official injury report, but that's what we have right now. Uh, yesterday was a very long injury report. And, uh, but a lot of that, look, it was a physical game, a Bay, bang. Uh, a, a lot of those guys were veterans that maybe got a little nicked up and maybe you wanted to give them another day of rest. So we'll see how it plays out. We'll see what happens once uh, uh, the injury report comes out. Hopefully it's not going to be as lengthy as it was yesterday. The main situation that we're looking for is tomorrow. Uh, again, usually on, on a Friday, if you don't practice on a Friday, you don't play on a, on a Sunday. That did not happen last week with Teron Armstead. Armstead did not practice on Friday uh, of last week, but yet, he, again, he started on, on Sunday. Some of those veterans are able to get away with that, so we'll see how that kind of plays out uh, with with the uh, team going forward. Uh, this weekend, big weekend, not just for the New Orleans Saints, but really, again, most all, all the home teams. Uh, I talked a lot about Tulane yesterday. I just have a good feeling about this team right now. Look, uh, look, Ole Miss is a ranked team. Uh, some people consider them one of the top teams in the West of the SEC. That's saying a lot uh, for Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, but uh, they haven't really played anyone yet. Uh, when you look at like, Louisville, might have been their biggest test at this point. Uh, well, they had Austin P last week. Uh, so, again, we'll see how that kind of plays out. Tulane is really just playing really good football. And, and the only thing that I, the, that I can look at at this point, when you start talking about Tulane, is, okay, let's look at what they've done for us lately. Well, they go up to Oklahoma, uh, being displaced, everything else that the Saints have had to deal with, they're dealing with as well, and, uh, and LSU that first week as well. And, and they were able to go up to, to Oklahoma, and they battled. And, and they took them really down to the wire. This wasn't one of those deals where Oklahoma just said, look, we're taking the foot off the gas. No, Tulane kept their foot on the gas, and they made it a game. So that gives me pause, okay, to say, okay, I saw what they did last week against Morgan State. That was expected. Good teams beat the crap out of teams that are expected to be to get beat the crap out of. Unlike what LSU did last week against McNeese, thirty-four to seven sounds like a blowout. Should have been much far. Should have been a bigger score. Okay, uh, considering again the talent that LSU has, elite talent, as opposed to what what McNeese has, in which again, which is the secondary talent in Louisiana and guys that are transferring because they no longer can play on the Division One level. So, you know, it is what it is. Tulane is just playing some really good football right now. Now, they could go up to, to, to Oxford and can hit a buzzsaw, uh, especially, again, with, with again, uh, the new uh, defense that they're playing up in, uh, up in Oxford right now, uh, which has been giving, uh, you know, gave, gave Louisville a lot of fits. Willie Fritz and Chris Hampton and, and also Chip Long, the, the coordinators and the head coach, now have had a chance to be able to decipher Ole Miss. So we'll see what happens. Uh, the athletes are better at Tulane than they've been. He's recruiting better athletes. One thing we're seeing is these guys are getting coached up, uh, something that maybe we didn't see over over the last few regimes, right? Uh, so he's getting the most out of the players that he has. Uh, hopefully, the, the, again, the continued uh, uh, sequestering that they have right now uh, in in Birmingham. Uh, kind of away from campus, away from any distractions, uh, kind of a, a second training camp, so to speak. Much like we're seeing with the Saints, we'll hone them in because all they got to do is football, right? Football, maybe they're taking some classes online at this point. But then they're all going to hang out at the boot, uh, You know, going, going out on dates, stuff like that. That's not happening right now. It's all football, 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 football. So, again, they may be laser-focused going into, into Oxford, it's a bold prediction for me to say I think that, that Tulane's going to beat, beat Ole Miss, but it's just a feeling, ladies and gentlemen, based on what they've been able to do. I don't have the same feeling for LSU, though. Uh, they have to come out and they have, to, they have to spank Central Michigan, and they have to beat them good, and they have to prove that last week was a fluke in terms of taking, a, again, a lesser, uh, uh, an FCS team and not taking them to the woodshed. And, they, again, look, O is on the hottest of hot seats. Garland Gillen and I talked a little bit about that. Um, on on the award-winning inside the wall in sports today, you know the, if, if whether it's by design or not, Ogeron has put himself in a pretty decent position here to try to maybe hold on for the for the season because there is not a coach on that team, okay, that has been a head coach in, in college football. Normally you could say that, again, if you're going to go to interim coach, it's a guy that's had head coaching experience. McMahon was on the NFL level. He's been a coordinator on the NFL level, on the college level. Maybe he's the closest thing you could come to, maybe a head coach. Uh, actually, Garland Gillen su- suggested it might be a Corey Raymond, who's got the longest tenure a- a- as a, um, an assistant at LSU, if ultimately Ogeron uh, falters here, and, and, and the, uh, the leash is very, very short on him. And look, based on what we saw in the past, you can consider that, right? Uh, can, uh, when you look at what happened with Les Miles, and Les Miles had a lot more skins on the wall than, than Ed Ogeron did. Okay? Won a lot more games than Ed Ogeron did. Ed Ogeron's got 2019 to hang his hat on. He's got the end of 2018 to hang his hat on when he was an interim. And that's it. What happened last year was a debacle. Much was expected out of this team this year going in. But, again, Ed Ogeron seems to put his foot in his mouth constantly. You know, the comment about not preparing for UCLA uh, in, in, as, as much as they should have during camp. Well, who the hell are you preparing for? You know it's national TV. You know you got embarrassed last year going 5-5 five and five coming off a championship uh, a year where, again, it was the maybe the best team of all time in the history of college football, and you're not prepared for UCLA? Uh, They've got two rookie uh, uh, defensive uh, defense and offensive coordinators who've never done the job before, who have to learn on the job. Man, look, it's not a recipe for success right now. And, again, players are underachieving. They get the top talent in the country. And, and, and especially along that offensive line, it just seems that, again, they're not up to the standards of the SEC. And you don't win in the SEC unless you have a strong offensive-defensive line. And that's period. I think, again, talking a little bit about it did yesterday uh, with, with, again, some of the younger players they have on, on, the, uh, on the defensive line, I, I feel good about the present and the future of the defensive line. I don't feel that way about the offensive line. Okay, they haven't proven to me over the last two years uh, that that they that they are worth with the stars they had coming out of out of high school, and they have not been coached up at at, at LSU. So it is a situation where Ed Ogeron is, is treading water right now. He's got to come out with a strong uh, with a strong win against Central Michigan, and he's got to come out and beat Mississippi State because if he doesn't and he loses in the SEC, the catcalls for Ed Ogeron's job is going to get louder and louder and louder. And uh, so we'll see how that happens. But as I mentioned, who takes over? I mean, that's the big question here. There is no one with experience. So whether it was by design or not, Ed Oswald might get a little bit of a reprieve here. But, again, when you look at the situation, firing all these coordinators, having the the, the university have to pay those coordinators off still, still can't get it right now with these coordinators, the comments that he made last year about, well, I never really interviewed the coordinators. Well, wait, what were you doing in the damn offseason? Sometimes Ed Ogeron is too honest for his own good, and it just shows, again, some of the inequities that, that, he, that, he, that he has as a, as a head coach, that he's not getting the job done like we thought he was going to get the job done back in 2019, where we thought master motivator, a great recruiter, and as, as a CEO of the team, he delegated to, again, coordinators that, again, did a great job some people are pointing to joe burrow and and joe brady as the reason why this team won that national championship i won't go that far ed O'Gron had a lot to do with as well because of recruiting uh but at the same time it's a, it, especially in the sec big time football it's what have you done for me lately and look we were all excited about uh, again one of us a louisianian taking the helm of lsu and 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 bringing them to the promised land like he did but remember as there were many people out there that were against Ed Ogeron's uh, uh, hire as there were for Ed Ogeron's hire here in Louisiana. So now when you've got a situation where a 5-5 five and five season last year, you decline a bowl because of possible uh, uh, sanctions against from the NCAA, and, and quite frankly, again, you, you it was an embarrassing season. And then you start off like you do now, losing to UCLA, uh, not beating McNeese like you should, now you're staring at Central Michigan in an SEC lineup that, that, again, is loaded for bear, with maybe ULM being the next cupcake on, on, the, um, on the schedule. Ed Ogeron uh, better turn this thing around quickly, or he may be an assistant on, on another program before you know it. All right, we're going to take a break. want to remind everybody today's program is brought to you by my good friends at the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Folks, it's tough around here right now, okay? So many places are closed. Let me say this right now. As soon as Oceana, uh, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Bombo's, uh, also uh, uh, Old New Orleans Cookery were able to open, they opened. So, look, they are open. They have full menus for you, they are delivering. And in, in the quarter uh, again, or again in Metairie, if it's Bobby B's Cajun County Restaurant, they have their delivery partners as well. Uh, you go in. If you don't have air conditioning, still you get a, get a, get a, get, a, get uh, cooled off and get yourself a fantastic meal and a great cocktail. Uh, they are waiting for you. Uh, whether, again, it's Oceana with breakfast, lunch, and dinner, uh, whether it's uh, Mambo's, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, or Old New Orleans Cookery with lunch and dinner, uh, they are staying open late as well, especially for a lot of linemen that are working uh, till late at night. They're, they're getting off, they're going back to their hotels, grabbing a shower, they're looking for something to eat. It's, they are open. One of the few places you could say are doing regular hours and more. So looking for a great place to eat, great bite to eat, whether you're bringing it home or you're eating in the restaurant, think about the Oceana family of restaurants because they are all open and ready for you. We'll be right back.
1: Hey, I'm Carly Pierce. The quickest way for the economy to recover, for businesses to return, for concerts and theaters to reopen, for generations of families to reunite, for children to play freely with other children, is for everyone to get the vaccine.
2: It is America's best shot. 106.1 Nash Icon. This report is sponsored by Churches. Churches has a deal made for you or all, y'all. Choose your favorite tenders or classic-style chicken and spicy or original with sides and biscuits for everyone. So swing by for Churches Feed 6, starting at $20 deals. Churches, bringing that down-home flavor. Offer valid at participating locations.
3: Delays remain solid on 10 eastbound from just past City Park to before Orleans. 10 westbound, your delays are steady. From Elysian Fields to right before City Park. In the meantime, look out for act look out for delays. I'm sorry, on the 610 on the eastbound side from St. Bernard to the 10610 merge. And on the westbound side, look out for delays on the 610 from just before Canal Boulevard to the 10610 merge. If you're traveling along the West Bank Expressway and the Crescent City Connection, eastbound coming into the city, delays remain steady from Stump Boulevard to to the O'Keefe Howard Avenue exit along the west bay, along the uh, Pontchartrain Expressway on the westbound side, backups remain from the Claiborne Earhart exit to the Saint Charles Carondelet exit. I'm Ed Robinson, broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Brandner Traffic Center.
4: DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com. Traffic
2: is brought to you by DA Exterminating, proud to be locally owned and serving over 60 years.
1: On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes, ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary.
0: Be on Hickory. Hey, folks, don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Whether, again, it's electrical needs, your air conditioning is broke down, or you need a new air conditioning system, uh, maybe, again, you're looking for that generator for your home or your business. Uh, my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating know you're going through the toughest of tough times right now, and they're there for you. Whether it's a repair or a new system, again, they'll come out to you, and they'll treat you like family. Honest and reliable service since 1989, 15 trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call before they come to your home and your business, but more importantly, never gouge you, never cheat you, there before and after the sale. It's Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating, generator sales and service, acpromise.com acpromise.com. You know, I didn't get a chance to really talk about the Saints uh, as, as we opened up, and we're going to talk a lot with that with Mike Triplett a little bit later. But, you know, I feel really good about this team. And, look, I'm one that really is very cautious after the first couple weeks of the season because I don't think you really know a lot about your team until you get maybe two or three weeks into the season because of, look, Training camps are now where you can't really hit, right? It's not like it was in the old days where, again, you're doing two-a-days and you're actually going out there with live action with pads and you're tackling to the ground. That's not happening anymore. Uh, again, the lack of mini camps now that, we're, again, we've seen. Mini camps, uh, especially with the Saints this year, mini camps, OTAs, etc. you know, all that's an issue. Uh, you know, the, now the, again, limited preseason. With, uh, with more and more uh, with the situation with less and less games, one less game this year, uh, less veterans, uh, again, participating, so you don't really know what you have there. So it's really hard to gauge a team, but I don't think anybody saw what we, we, thought, we or thought we would see what we saw over the weekend. Uh, with, with the Green Bay Packers and the Saints playing in Jacksonville. Look, the Saints tried to put everything to their advantage uh, from a logistic standpoint, going into a, a place where it was going to be hot and humid. Uh, they tried to make it so so Green Bay fans would have a tough time getting in the stadium. That didn't work. They were going to figure it out. Okay, they're diehard fans, just like the Saints. You knew if a day had to take two or three flights to be able to get there, if they had to do layovers, they would do what they had to do to get down there uh, to be able to again back the pack. So there no, no, there's no, uh, there was no surprise there. The surprise the surprise was how well the Saints played. Look, so many question marks going into this, to this uh, season. 14 undrafted free agents taking the place of guys that were uh, legitimate NFL players, guys that could start on most teams, guys that were starting on, starting on these teams now that have left, other teams that were backups here, quality backups, so that if you had a problem with an injury, it was the next guy up. And the next guy up was just as good as the guy that kind of went down. So you didn't have a big drop off. And we've seen that. That's how again you've seen how this this team has been built with Ireland and, and of course Sean Payton and of course the, the the entire front office and of course coaching staff. We've talked about the teaching that this coaching staff does. Okay, you can see the difference in players after they've been here for a few years. That's why other teams covet Saints players because they know that again when they're getting a player that's coming from New Orleans that those guys have been have, have been have been coached up. They've been taught and they're ready to be able to slide right into whatever position again. Is necessary. But there was some real question marks going into this, into this season. You know, and there still is. Wide receiver. Uh, again, all of a sudden now with Kenny Stills here, and based on what we've seen the, the, the last week, maybe a little bit in the preseason, although preseason's full goal, that maybe, again, these young guys that were undrafted, unknown, have an opportunity to maybe play in the NFL. They've been coached up. Let's face it they got one of the best wide receiver coaches in, in, in all uh, of the NFL. But that's across the board in almost every single position. Uh, they have great coaches. Uh, you look at the cornerback position. All of a sudden, that thing has been shored up. Roby comes in. Font comes in. Ado- uh, Debo has proven he can play on the NFL level. I know it's one week, but, man, look, he played against one of the top receivers in the NFL, and he's going against a former MVP. Okay, and he, he did more than hold his own. Uh, Lattimore, you hear long-term, Hopefully, again, he's going to play like a dog, like, like he has been in the past. So all of a sudden now you feel much better about the cornerback position. The linebacker position going into the season was a huge question mark. All of a sudden now Quan Alexander comes back, and you see these young players like Bond and, and, and uh and, and Ellis, who have come in and, and in their second year, and, and they are playing much better. Uh, they're athletic. They can run. You've got some real speed at that linebacker position. Hopefully Werner will continue to be able to, to to grow, and he can be in that mix as well. You already have Demario Davis, who's one of the best in, in the league and, and underrated. And then the defensive line. The biggest question with the defensive line was going to be what? Interior of the defensive line. Can those young defensive tackles stop the run? Man, Aaron Jones is one of the best running backs in the NFL. He did nothing on Sunday. Now, can that carry over to a Christian McCaffrey this weekend? Different kind of back, right? But you feel good about that, and you feel good about your pass rushers going into the season. Offensive line, you know, is one of the top offensive lines in the NFL. They've proven that. And then the biggest question mark of all was at the quarterback position. Could Jameis Winston well, put his gunslinging days behind him and be a guy that ultimately could be, could be a, a player like Breeze? Take what the defense gives you. Go through your progressions. Take care of the football. Because, again, the, the scheme and the, and the skill position players they have on this team, they are good enough to be able to move the football against any team in the NFL. So I feel really good about this team coming out of week one. I don't think Carolina can beat this team. Carolina couldn't beat this team last year. Uh, they haven't been able to beat this team for a long, long time. New Orleans just better than Carolina. Okay, and, and then you look to New England next. New England's got a, got a rookie quarterback. Uh, and, and then, of course, uh, you know, the Giants are coming in, in in week four. That's going to be the first home game in New Orleans. Maybe reminiscent of what happened with Katrina, although I, want to put, I don't want to put it on the same level. That was a different level type of situation and a different vibe that was going on in this town. Uh, but yet again, fans will be excited about being in the Dome again. I didn't think there was a possibility of this team going 4-0 in the first four weeks. But you've got to look at this now and, say, and look at this team and say, as long as last week wasn't fool's goal, and it could be, but based on the talent here, it probably isn't. That This team is going to be a contender again. And, it's gonna, and this may be the finest coaching job uh, in Sean Payton's tenure here in New Orleans because he took a team that was veteran-laden, that was poised to be a Super Bowl contender, that, again, came up short, seems like year after year, and now he's reinvented this team in a lot of cases with, again, a salary cap purge with 14 undrafted free agents and a lot of, a lot of new players that have come, that have come to, the, to the table, and they look as good as they were last year and the year before. And that's saying something about this team. Again, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I'm always one that, again, tries to take this very, very slow and and, and deliberate uh, because, again, you don't know what the identity of a team is until really after the first month of the season. But, man, your eyes didn't fool you on Sunday, did it? I watched this game twice. And the second time watching the game, I came away more impressed than the first. And most of the time when I watch a game a second time, I'm more critical and and come away thinking and seeing things that I didn't see before that were more on the negative side. Didn't feel that way when I looked at it the second time around this time. Hopefully that, 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 that shows out over the next few weeks for the New Orleans Saints. And for the first time in a long time, they can get off to a good start, something they haven't done. In quite a while. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to bring Jordy Colada on. He's going to talk about the uh, the LSU Tigers. Don't forget about my friend, the Southern Tire. Look, I'm saying it again uh, because I want to uh, pass by Southern Tire today. Uh, they were busy. Why not? First of all, the Piazza family takes care of their their customers. You don't stick around this city, okay? Since uh, since 1972, unless you're doing something right, you're taking care of your customers. You're honest, and and, and again, you're doing right by your customers. Everybody's going to have to deal with flat tires now. It's just the way it is. We're dealing with the aftermath of the storm, uh, so much uh, debris, uh, uh, roofs that were blown off, construction material. Uh, it's just it's going to happen. When it happens, I want you to think Southern Tire. Hickory and Airline and Metairie, whether you need a repair or, or again, a replacement, uh, they have you covered. First of all, the largest selection of tires in the metropolitan area with something that will fit everyone's budget. Not just high end, not just low end, something for everybody's budget. And then, of course, uh, if you need a repair, they're going to repair it for you. They're going to be honest with you whether the tire can be repaired or not. Uh, wheels and, and tires up to 30 inches. Financing is available, and, of course, ASC certified technicians and the same diagnostic equipment you get in the dealership. Folks, it's a, it's a one-stop shop for all your automotive needs. Southern Tire, Hickory and Airline and Metairie, open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6, Saturday from 8 to 3. 504-737-1558 is the phone number. Go to southerntire.com and check out all the service they provide for their customers. I'll say it right now. Uh, it's owned by the Piazza family since 1972. You do not stick around that long unless you're doing something right for your customers. at Southern Tire, Hickory and Airline in Metairie. Mambo's, 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in an authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at MamboNola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's.
1: If you need
3: to get the word out about your business and the goods and services you have to provide for our community, simply give us a call at 504-581-7002. Or log on to nolacumuluscares.com and we will get the word out to the New Orleans area for you. It's very simple. Give us a call at 504-581-7002 and we will get the word out to the New Orleans area for you. Your messages will be heard on air and helping to rebuild our community.
4: Right now at Diamonds Direct, whether you buy a $3,000 diamond pendant or a $30,000 designer ring, you can spread your payments over five years without paying a diamond interest. It's Diamonds Direct's most aggressive offer ever. Pick any item, get the super low price Diamonds Direct is known for, and, and spread your payments over five years with zero interest and zero down. No exceptions. Don't miss this incredible limited-time offer. Five years, zero interest. On approved credit only at Diamonds Direct. On Severn Avenue across from Lakeside.
0: Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants. How about Oceana Grill? Bourbon to Kantai in the French Quarter. Voted top 10 U.S. restaurant by Everyday Dining, by TripAdvisor. They're open seven days a week, and they're open late. They also open early, 8 a.m., home in New Orleans, best breakfast. Come on in and try them, try their great menu because there's something for everyone. Cajun Creole, delicious, uh, that are at their finest. And I'm telling you, if you love a good cocktail, fantastic cocktails that will make you ooh and ah as they're coming out the bar. I'm telling you, I've seen it from my, uh, with my own eyes. Tremendous mixologists. They have an authentic French Quarter courtyard, beautiful by day, spectacular by night. Five private rooms that can accommodate from 10 to 120 guests for dining or your next event. And, and, and for your next event, look, you have the event at Oceana. You walk out the door, you steps off Bourbon Street. You're not that far from Frenchman Street. It's a great place to have your next event. Of course, they're family friendly as well. Uh, it's a perfect uh, place to have uh, a dining experience with friends or someone special. Man, any time is the right time for my friends over at Oceana Grill. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner, 8 a.m. until 1 a.m., Oceana Grill is the best time off Bourbon Street. Joining us in the program now is uh, my good friend Jordy Collado, the Jordy Collado Show up in Baton Rouge. Does a fantastic job covering the Tigers. Jordy, welcome back to the show. How are you, bud?
5: Hey, thanks for having me back, man
0: jordy let's first of all talk about this team uh it seems like ed ogeron is on the hottest of hot seats right now uh losing uh losing to ucla Uh, just not the type of effort you thought you would get against an FCS team in McNeese, and now Central Michigan on tap. Uh, I said as we opened up the program today, you know the one thing about Ed Ogeron was when he was hired, there were as many Louisianas that were in favor of him as against him getting the job. So now with, again, what has happened over last year and the beginning of this year, uh, it's not going to take much for, for those LSU fans to turn their backs on Ed Ogeron despite the 2019 National Championship. What are you hearing up in Baton Rouge?
5: Yeah, it seems like all the equity built up from 2019 has been burned up by Ed Ogeron in, in just this year and a half, and this year in short, uh, you know, two-game season that they've already played, and, and it would take really trying to turn this thing around, or turning this thing around to really get the feeling right around him, it feels like. So, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's been a, a case of missteps from off the field, from some public relations stuff that, you know, have just turned a lot of people off, or, you know the product over the field on the field over the last twelve games. I mean they're six and six over the last twelve, and they're a bad six and six when you when, when you look at them. I mean they've got uh, you know little quality wins in there. I mean it took Florida throwing a shoe at the end of the game to go in there in the swamp on an undermanned team and win that one. But you know I mean it, it's for the most part it's been it's been a pretty disappointing uh, answer uh, after the championship season. And and like I said, just the The public relations of the job has not been respected uh, like it calls for from Ed Ogeron, and I think that's turned a lot of people off, including his bosses. So uh, it it will take uh, really a a monumental turnaround on the field, in my opinion, and like you said, to really save the future of Ed Ogeron at LSU.
0: It starts up front. I I feel better about the future of the defensive line than I do about the offensive line, and if you want to talk about currently – I still feel better about the possibility of the defensive line turning around than the offensive line. And, again, I go back to, and I've been talking about this for the last couple weeks, I go back to what he said after Alabama physically beat them up in the trenches that we need to match Alabama in the trenches. And it looks like he's done a better job of doing that on the defensive side because, again, in Louisiana, we grow pretty good defensive linemen. But his inability to do it on the offensive line is really costing this team. And, uh, I mean, again, I don't know how they get out of this with the group that they have. Can, can you give LSU fans any hope about the future of this offensive line, maybe getting better by the, get into the time they get into SEC play?
5: Well, I, you know, I, I was hoping to, but last week when you got a, a look at some of these, these youngsters and new faces, it was really a lot of the same problems. And, you know, I mean, Eric, when you, when you look at this, this offensive line, you and I talked about it in the offseason. season. This was going to be a group that really LSU was going to have to overcome if they were going to be successful. They were going to have to really play uh, above and beyond and have a scheme that was possibly going to hide the, the, the deficiencies of this offensive line. And through the first two games, they've just not been able to do that. And I'm with you. You know, I mean, I've been saying that for for a while now. I mean, you know, I mean uh, the, the, the 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 problems that LSU is facing, I, I'm not sure that you can fix. There's not a waiver wire. You can't play free agency in, in 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 college football. You can't propose a trade where you can go, you know, ship Clemson a couple of defensive backs for some offensive linemen. I mean, it just it, it it's a personnel issue that they have that you know is really going to be tough to overcome. And the scary part about it is, is that they haven't really played anybody on their schedule that you know has been that challenging up front. I mean, it's scary to think about what this offensive line is going to be like, you know, against. Uh, the, the the likes of uh, of Florida and in Arkansas and you know obviously Alabama and you know even Ole Miss through the first couple of weeks has really looked like they've turned a corner from a defensive standpoint. So you know I mean you're right. I mean the offensive line shows uh, very little sign of improvement as as far as trying to fix the problems in front of LSU immediately.
0: And that gets compounded by, again, a quarterback that doesn't have a lot of experience. And then, of course, the lack of experience at your coordinator positions. This LSU is not a school where you learn on the job on how to be a coordinator. Amen. You know, I think
5: that that's what we've been uh, saying as well. You know, I mean, when Ogeron was hired on the job, I mean, he, he knew the formula. The formula was that he was going to be the CEO, close in state recruits, and really be the lead charge in recruiting. and he was going to put the people around him that really understood the offensive and defensive side of the ball to make sure that they could actually, you know, for, for, for sure call the plays and, you know, nothing knocking Pete's and, 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 and Durante Jones and their experience, but, you know, the lack of experience in the play calling department has really shown through the first two weeks. So, you know, from Ed Ogeron's standpoint, you know, he's really had to, 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 to connect himself alongside people that are, very much smarter and uh, you know very much skilled in the in the in the offensive and defensive play calling department. You know, right now the the, the the two new coordinators are something that he's having to to really being able to overcome if if he's going to want to survive here because you know I mean this, this is not the model that that LSU fans were 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 told was going to happen. I mean, um, you know, if you recall when LSU was and, and Ed Ogeron was trying to get the job here in sixteen, I mean he was. He was telling you he had Lane Kiffin as a play caller and Dave Aranda. Uh, you know, it's a hell of a fall off to Jake Peets and and, and Durante Jones.
0: No doubt about it. Um, recruiting. Look, one of the good things that, that Ed Ogeron does and, and has, has always done throughout his career is to be a great recruiter. Uh, I think we, we're seeing that in certain positions on this team. But the, the, the issue is, again, on the offensive line where, a lot of these guys that were, that were thought to be top recruits have just not, uh, they're not, not really uh, shown out as, as collegians. Is that an overranking of them in high school or, again, lack of getting coached up on, on, uh, on the collegiate level, in your opinion? You know, it, it,
5: it, it's very curious when, when you think about it because, I mean, a, a lot of the, the, the big-time schools really go after the same players, and LSU has beaten out you know, the likes of of Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Florida, Texas A&M, for a lot of these guys. And, you know, they've just not been able to get to campus and and develop. I mean, Marcus Dumerville, in my opinion, is a great example of somebody, I mean, a four-star tackle out of one of the most dominant high school programs in the country at St. Thomas Aquinas down down in Fort Lauderdale. And, you know, I mean, he's just, he's gotten to campus and he's been lost. I mean, he just, He's not getting on. The, he's not gotten on the field. I mean, LSU's got a ton of playing time at tackle that's available for somebody that wants to step in and play, and he's just not been able to translate and make the make the jump just yet to to getting on the field. And you know, guys like Xavier Hill, who you saw last week for the first time. I mean, we heard right. glowing remarks about Xavier Hill. He was, uh you know, it came down to LSU Alabama for him in recruiting. I mean, you know, I mean that they they were. Uh, he, he was at one time an Alabama commit that, that they flipped. Uh, and and he just, he, he hasn't taken the stride to get on the field. So I think, I, I believe the talent is there. You know, I mean, Cardell Thomas is somebody that always people are asking about. He was a five-star interior offensive lineman from Southern Lab mm-hmm. right here in Baton Rouge. And I mean, he's just not been able to find the field on an offensive line. It's begging for people to step up and play. So, you know, I mean, it, it is a very curious case. They turned over the offensive line coach after spring this year with James Craig to Brad Davis not the ideal timeline that you're looking for a coaching change especially up front you heard Ed Ingram even remark about it after the UCLA game that the coaching change really set back this offensive line as far as technique and scheme goes uh, or just you know like how 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 they want to function as far as their technique goes i mean there's one style that that Craig wanted compared to another style that Davis wanted so uh, it just seems like right now they're all out of whack, and they're looking for players to step up. And I think that the development part is a is a, a absolute, uh, you know, a, a, a definitely something that would stick on, on on just what the deal is up front for the offensive line in LSU.
0: I always felt that if Ed Ogeron was going to be successful, so he was going to surround himself with some great coaches, uh, great teachers, that, uh, and also guys that could put together a game plan, great game plan and, and be able to, again, adjust on the fly. We saw that in 19. We haven't seen that since.
5: No, we haven't, and, and you're, you're right. You know, and that, that's, again, going back to what I said a couple of minutes ago, I mean, that's, that's who he said he was going to be. That, that's what LSU fans expect. Is for him to recruit the state, get the, the the dominant players, and to put around him people that are very experienced and uh, you know gifted in 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 offensive and defensive football. And you know, I mean, it's it, it's it's only really been a season. You, you you're right. I mean, the more and more you get the data on Ed Ogeron, the more and more 2019 is the outlying season and really the one that that, that sticks out. And you know, everything else has really been chaotic and. Uh, you know, not you know things that, that, that haven't really closed that, that were expected to. So, you know, he needs a major turnaround to change the, the, the tone on and temperature on on his his stay right now at LSU because it seems like a lot of people are are, are sniffing out uh, something that they feel like is is very fraudulent.
0: Jordy, um, nobody's closer to this program than you are. Is there hope for a turnaround here? Can, can we see this team turn this thing around, catch fire in the SEC, save Ogeron's job, and save the season?
5: Yeah, you never say never, e. and, and, and really and truly, Ed Ogeron usually does his best work when his back is up against the wall. I mean, history tells you that's usually when he, he, he performs his best. Uh, I've said this a couple of times now on, on my show and, and just looking around college football through the first two weeks, th- this is a bad year to be struggling in the SEC West because there's just there's no forgiveness in this league right now. Not that there, there usually is, but specifically in the West, when you look around, I mean, Arkansas has got it going on. Texas A&M has got it going on. Ole Miss is playing at a high level right now. You know, it'll be interesting to see what Mike Leach and and Mississippi State look like next weekend when LSU makes the trip. And then, you know, the conference as a whole, I mean, Kentucky looks like a a hell of a matchup for LSU on October 16th. I mean, that's a dominant offensive Mm -hmm. line up there for the Wildcats and Mark Stoops. So, you know, it's just a a tough season to really try to be figuring it out inside of the year like LSU is. They have talent, and 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 they can line up and, and compete with, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the players in this league. I, I just wonder if they can get the off the field stuff and and, and get it organized for Saturdays in enough time to do it up against somebody who looks like that they you know really took advantage of all the time off and in the off season. I, I just think when you look around the league, um, you know, obviously the SEC is the dominant league in football, but right now the mm-hmm. SEC West, uh, you know, looks like the the pecking order is going through a uh, a shuffle right now, and LSU seems to be like it's the biggest loser uh, through yeah. the first two two weeks of the season. So it, uh, can they get it does. back? They can, but, uh, you know, it'll be a hell of a run. All
0: right, the final question for you. This is for the Tulane fans out there. What yeah. can they expect as they head up to Oxford and take on Ole Miss this weekend?
5: Well, I think it's going to be a point score. I think it's going to be great entertainment, and it's going to be fun to watch, uh, you know, those two those two schools going at it. I think Willie Fritz and Lane Kiffin are two of the most uh, offensive-minded, gifted play—you know—coaches uh, in college football. Uh, Tulane's playing with a lot of confidence, and and, and Ole Miss obviously uh, is too. So, um, entertainment, uh, point scoring, uh, two creative play callers. I think in in you know in in our worldy, e, that's almost must-watch television. I can't mm-hmm. wait to watch it.
0: Yeah, I can't either. And, I, and I look, I don't want to shortchange old Miss, but the way Tulane's playing right now, I definitely think they can give him a game, and, hey, we can possibly oh, yeah. see an upset.
5: No, I agree with no you. No doubt. I agree with you.
0: Thanks, my friend. Always appreciate your honesty on the program. Tell the folks about your great show, how folks can follow you on social media.
5: Thank you, Eric. It's uh, over at com. Our, our website has just been revamped, and you can find us there. All of our stuff is podcasted. and you can find our videos and our audio. Uh, We had Nick Underhill on this morning talking New Orleans Saints. So if you're looking for a little primer before the Saints head over to Carolina this weekend, uh, check it out. We always appreciate being here, Eric. Thank you as always, man.
0: Thanks. Appreciate your time. We'll check in with you soon. Yes, sir. Jordy Collada, the Jordy Collada Show. Hey, don't forget about my my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Look, you came home. The AC's not working. Uh, Again, you're going to finally have to file an insurance claim. Let me tell you about my friends at Burkhardt. Authorize themselves on the top brands in the industry. Ask about their 25% energy reduction guarantee. You need financing? They got financing for you. Of course, then it's service before and after the sale. Burkhardt will come out, sit down with you, do a consultation, find out what you're looking for. And I'm telling you, when they install this system in your home, they're treating your home like their home. You won't even know they're there. I mean, literally cleaning up after themselves. Who does that? Burkhardt. Burkhardt, again, wants you to be a lifelong customer. So again, before you sign a contract with anybody else, at least let Burkhardt give you a price. acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. better known as the intersection of E. coli and salmonella. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at all the Orleans Company. group.
4: Diamonds Direct's most incredible offer ever is going on now. Five years, zero interest financing on any purchase with no money down. How about that $5,000 designer ring for less than $85 a month? It's smart, it's easy, it's unheard of. You can even finance 100% of the purchase price. How about a $3,000 pair of earrings, just $50 a month? Fine jewelry has never been more affordable. But hurry, this is a limited time offer. Five years, zero interest on approved credit only at Diamonds Direct. On Severn Avenue across from Lakeside Mall.
0: Today's program brought to you by the Oceana family of restaurants, Oceana Grill, uh, Bobby Bear's Kitchen Can Restaurant. Also, don't forget about Old New Orleans Cookery in Mambo. Speaking of Old New Orleans Cookery, Old New Orleans Cookery is ready ready for you right now, two hundred five Bourbon Street. They're open late, really late, like the two a.m. Serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Boy, I tell you what, you love an extraordinary cocktail. They got a great mixologist over over at uh, uh, Old New Orleans Cookery. Fantastic cocktails. Uh, One of a kind cocktails you can only get at the Oceana family of restaurants. Uh, and then again, Cajun cre- uh, Creole cuisine uh, that'll leave you wanting for more. Uh, you can dine in their dining rooms, uh, again, on their beautiful courtyard. They have those beautiful picture windows that overlook Bourbon Street. Fantastic. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms. You can have your next event or you can dine there. Private restroom as well. Fantastic place to have your next event. You're right on Bourbon Street. Are you kidding me? And then, of course, uh, when you're looking at, uh, at a wonderful dining experience, whether it's family, friends, uh, whether you're looking for an opportunity to be able to uh, uh, have date night, Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for you. Uh, you can order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. That's Old New Orleans Cookery, Oceana, Mambo's, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, and the Hideout Bar. All have been open since they were allowed to open after the storm. So if you're looking for a bite to eat, grab a cocktail, Head on over to the Oceana family of restaurants. All right, thanks to uh, Jordy Collada for joining us in the program. Look, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer about the Tigers. I'm being a realist. Uh, that USI, the UCLA loss was embarrassing. Okay, you don't lose to a Pac-12 team. And then you don't admit that you didn't put a lot of effort into, into uh, UCLA in the offseason. What are you preparing for if you're not preparing for game one on national TV? And then last week, you should have laid 60 on McNeese, and you didn't. Your offensive line got pushed around by an FCS team. Doesn't bode well. Again, I want the Tigers to win. I want them in the SEC Championship and the National Championship. Uh, but there's something that's a disconnect there right now with this team. Too much talent to, to be uh, in the situation they're in right now. We'll talk more about it in hour number two. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Derek Asher. Don't go anywhere.
3: I do what I can.
0: And I'm ready to bring a little truth to you in this hour, that's for sure. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until 6 o'clock, 4 to 6 weekdays right here on 106.1 FM. Hey, look, if uh, you're out out of the uh, listening area, and that's hard to do, especially with this fast signal, you can listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, Nash FM 106.1, and and also ericasher.com. Our podcast is available on the Anchor Podcasting Platform. That's our home base. We're on all the major podcasting platforms. Uh, So, again, you can download the podcast. Usually about 20 minutes after the program, we try to get that up for you. Uh, Garland Gillen joined me on the award winning Inside New World Sports this week. If you missed us at, with our live broadcast on WLAE TV at 1 and also live streaming on the LAE TV YouTube page, tonight at 6 is your first opportunity on LAE. 10 o'clock on. Um, on uh, the, the Deuce, WLAE TV 2 is our second, as our actually our second third rebroadcast. Uh, and then, of course, Friday night, 9 o'clock on Pelican, 10 o'clock on LAE, Saturday at 2 a.m. on the Deuce, and 5 p.m. every uh, Saturday afternoon on the Pelican Sports Television. Try to have that up tonight for you on the uh, social media platforms, at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter. Eric Asher on Facebook. And, of course, you can always uh, contact me, Eric, at ericasher.com. Thanks to Jordy Kalana for joining us in our number one. Mike Trubbitt will join us at 535 this afternoon talking to the New Orleans Saints. Today's program is brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Uh, we told you about Oceana. We told you about Old New Orleans Cookery. Don't forget about Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. And, of course, Mambo's. Oh, man, 411 Bourbon Street. Uh, I tell you, the Bader Brothers did exactly what I've been talking about uh, for years. They went in, took a strip club that was causing nothing but problems in the French Quarter, constantly getting cited, getting closed by the ABC board, again, by the city of New Orleans, and they went in and gutted the place. And what they built was, again, the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street, bar none. Three floors of incredible dining, uh, bar on every single floor, Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest, and I'm telling you, magnificent cocktails. And if you're a cocktail aficionado, you've got to try the cocktails over at uh, my, the Oceana family of restaurants. They got a beautiful courtyard. I've said it before beautiful by day, spectacular by night. Uh, a Bourbon Street balcony for you to dine on or have cocktails. But you've got to come and experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. It's the only one of its kind. They built that out after the rebuild. And it took them a lot to be able to get through the city council and, and, and the, and the uh, French Quarter um, and the Carré Commission to be able to get that done. But they got it done, and it is beautiful. It's, it's a nice compliment to, to Bourbon Street, something that every single Bourbon Street business has strived to do. Mambo's the perfect place out for a, front, a night out with friends. Man, you're looking for a romantic getaway. you got it right there. Maybe, again, family, your next event. Or, uh, again, uh, lunch and dinner seven days a week. They're open very late, uh, at 1, 2 in the morning. Uh, you can check out their uh, uh, menu at MamboNola.com, But also, order, check out about ordering online for, for delivery there as well. And of course, right next door is the hideout bar it's a beautiful bar but they're also serving food live music or a dj every single night it's a great place to kind of hang out uh make it a night at mambos and of course the hideout bar uh that's right there at 411 bourbon street uh and ready for you right now ready for you late part of the oceana family of restaurants all right I'm gonna step away from sports for a moment uh, as we always do we like to talk a little bit about what's happening in the city and the region and of course I was really shocked yesterday when Mayor Latoya Cantrell opened up a transfer station on the Legion Field, so residents can take their rotting garbage uh, to get rid of it from in front of their homes. Now, in some cases, garbage in New Orleans has not been picked up in some neighborhoods in over a month. Okay. Now, let me let me just be honest and blunt about this one because we've talked about it on the program several times. This is nothing. This is not about the aftermath of Ida. Which we're dealing with in almost every single parish that was affected by Ida, right? You see, this was a situation that that started long before Ida ever came uh, came onto the Gulf of Mexico. Metro and Richards Disposal, who has split the city with lucrative city garbage contracts in the aftermath of Katrina, along with uh, with uh, City Torres, this company, it's Ivy Waste now. It was called another. Uh, it was uh, uh, forget the name of the company previously. But Ray Nagin, when he was mayor, secretly split the, the, uh, the city up in thirds. Uh, Torres got the quarter. Richards and, 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 um, and also um, Metro kind of split up the rest of the city. So it was a lucrative contract. It was done behind the scenes. I talked about it extensively back when that was being done. Uh, and so now we fast forward to 2020, the pandemic. Metro and Richards have not been able to keep up with the garbage. They were blaming it on on lack of personnel. Now, in fact, they were having labor problems. Uh, If you go back and you look at the newsreel, you look at the news stories, uh, they were having an issue with, again, rate of pay for their employees. So this issue predates Ida. Now, Ida has exacerbated the problem. There's no doubt about it. Okay? Uh, When you look at Sidney Torres' company, he doesn't have these problems. Look at River Parish. They don't have these problems. Even Waste Management, who, again, is is the um, is the uh, company that that handles the oh, garbage out in, in Metairie and, and Jefferson Parish, don't have that kind of problems, okay? I'm not saying they're perfect because they're far from it, but not the type of problems you're seeing with Metro and, and also Richards in New Orleans. Um, the cost of sanitation in, in the city of New Orleans has skyrocketed. I mean, absolutely skyrocketed. Okay, uh, from from since Katrina, uh, you're paying more. You're paying more, so and that when you talk about the, the cost, it has not kept up with the quality of services that have been provided by Metro and Richards. So now Orleans Parish is stinking. It's a stinking mess, and the mayor wants their wants the citizens of the city that are overpaying for garbage pickup now to be able to haul their own rotting trash to a transfer station. This woman's got to be out of her mind. I mean, plain and simple. I mean, let me think. When this came up last night and I saw this, I am like, wait a minute. What happens if you don't own a pickup truck? What happens if you're on a fixed income or you just don't have the money in the aftermath of the storm because you had to evacuate and now you're dealing with, again, all the repairs you need to do to be able to pay someone to pick up your trash to bring it to a transfer station? Come on. This is a failure on so many levels by the mayor. She allowed this thing to fester, and I mean pun intended on that one, okay, because she didn't want to fire a so-called minor- minority contractor that clearly has not provided the service that had been set forth uh, in the contract. And, ladies and gentlemen, that's what this is all about, being, again, the, the, the contract at this point. Sure, there are other parishes that are experiencing high volumes of household waste, especially in the aftermath of Ida. You know, we got the vegetation that we're dealing with from all the all the fallen trees. You got construction debris from people again that have had problems with roofs coming off or parts of their home coming off. And that's sitting in front of their house. Look, it's sitting in front of my house right now. They came and picked up the vegetation the other day. Uh, they said they're going to pick up the construction debris at some point next week. The garbage was was, was picked up on uh, a day before it was supposed to be picked up on Tuesday instead of Wednesday. So, again, I have nothing to be able to, to complain about right now because I'm seeing progress in Jefferson Parish. You're not seeing that progress in Orleans Parish. In fact, All Parish is now overrun with flies. I mean, you can't open your door in Orleans Parish without having flies rolling into your house. I mean. Animals of all kinds now that are, that again, uh, that, that are in this garbage. The stench that wants to make you vomit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's unsanitary and it's unhealthy. But the mayor's answer is self-service garbage disposal? Man, that's a slap in the face to every resident that lives in Orleans Parish. Okay? She has no plan. And once again, in a crisis situation, she's in over her head. And this is a mayor that is going to be reelected for four more years because she's basically unopposed. So four more years of ready, fire, aim, and, and again, now I'm, I'm not overblowing this. And then you wonder why so many people are rethinking and doubling down, or uh, rethinking uh, and uh, uh, about uh, whether they what they did after Katrina. So many people doubled down on Orleans Parish and this metropolitan region. Uh, I know myself as one of them. I'm not leaving. I moved to Orleans Parish. I was going to be a pioneer. I tried, man. I tried for six years, between the crime, the lack of services, everything that was going on in Orleans Parish. you know, again, we ended up moving to Jefferson. It broke my heart. It broke my heart to leave the city, but I had no choice. I had no choice, okay. Between property taxes, the taxes, everything, okay. I, I could, I could, I could move right across the the 17th Street Canal and have a better quality of life. And that's something. That's something I wanted to do in my heart, okay. But I, I had to do it for my family. So we got so many people that came in from from out of town that doubled down on New Orleans after Katrina. And what do they get? They get a city that gouges their citizens, property taxes, sales taxes, city services that they can provide uh, for those services that you're overpaying for. When that starts happening, people start getting upset and aggravated, and they start looking for a place that, again, provides those services for them. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say this to you right now as I get ready to close. I'm taken back by the number of people that are, I am friends with, that are now coming to me openly telling me they've had enough. They've had enough. Okay, they're tired of the evacuations. They're tired of days and weeks without power, even for a category one storm. They're tired of the substandard infrastructure and the promises that it's going to get better. They're pro- tired of the corrupt inept leadership. And, and again, every time we evacuate, we see how other cities function. And when we see how those other cities function, it it really kind of puts into focus the warts of the New Orleans metropolitan area. I love my city. I love New Orleans. I'm entrenched. I'm not going anywhere. At least I'm trying not to go anywhere. but so many other people are making a decision to, 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 to pick up and move. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. Uh, lifelong New Orleanian, grew up in uptown New Orleans. So, again, he, he went to St. Stephen's. I went to St. Francis of Assisi. We both went to De La Salle together. Uh, he, was, he had a high-paying job over at, Har- at Harris uh, back uh, before the storm. Uh, he decided he wanted to get out of the corporate, uh, 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 you know, a dog, dog race, and uh, so he started buying property in the city. He made himself a a nice living and a great retirement on buying property and, of course, flipping that property or taking that property and and, uh, utilizing it as rental property. Done pretty well for himself, okay? Very proud of him, to be honest with you. I had a a heart-to-heart conversation with him yesterday. He's He's getting ready to move. The empire that he has built... Okay, his nest egg for his retirement and what's kept him and his family going. And they make a nice living off these properties. He's ready to sell each and every one of them because of the lack of services, because getting gouged by taxes, because of all the things I've talked about. And he's ready to walk. And this is a guy that bleeds New Orleans. He bleeds New Orleans. So, again, even those of us who love this city with all our heart, there are some that are thinking twice now and saying there's a better option somewhere else. That's not good. See, after Katrina, we had a situation where people were looking at New Orleans and saying, we're coming here, we're going to fight for New Orleans, we're going to bring New Orleans back. And even people from out of town that came in to help decided they wanted to be part of this great city because of the people that live here, because of our traditions. But now I see people, that that, again, that are lifelong New Orleanians who have given up and are saying they just can't take it anymore uh, because of, again, uh, of the mismanagement of this city. Uh, because of the lack of services, overpaying for services, and, of course, what we're dealing with, again, with a second-class utility. Uh, I mean, I can go on and on. Again, I love New Orleans. My friend loves New Orleans. But my friend also, again, has children and and wants to make sure that the children get the best. And now he's thinking about moving, selling everything and moving. I don't want to see that. I don't want that to be the legacy of my city, okay? But I'm telling you right now, If we want this city to be the queen city of the South again, we have to value outstanding and visionary leadership. We have to demand first class when it comes to our infrastructure, our school system, a modern ethical tax system that invites major corporations to our city instead of a regressive system that drives those corporations to Miami and Nashville and Atlanta and Dallas and Houston and Austin. But who cares? It just seems like we quit caring at some point. We are the problem, ladies and gentlemen. We allow this to happen. We value our traditions and our laid-back, fun-loving atmosphere over reinventing ourselves like so many American cities have done. And they don't even have the natural assets that we do. We're a broken city, and a lot of us are blind to it because we don't, we don't get, get past the levy system. I'm telling you right now, okay, if we don't do something soon, we're going to lose this beautiful gem of New Orleans. we got to be, We got to do better. We're getting passed by, by cities that we once considered lesser cities, and we don't care enough to fix it, and it's got to stop. It's got to stop. I'm hearing more and more people my age, okay, in their 60s, that are ready to pull up and move out. What do you think the, the, the mobile folks that are in their 20s, 30s, and 40s are doing right now? They're, they're rethinking New Orleans as well. And we can't let that happen. We had enough of a brain drain over the last 20 to 25 years. At some point, we got to stop it. Look, I blame it on my generation, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, my generation did not do enough to move this city forward. And, and we are where we are because of it. We got a second chance with Katrina. We blew it. I don't know where we get our next chance. But we better do something, and we better do it quick because this city is drowning. And, and, again, it's, it's drowning, again, because of inept leadership and a city that, again, the people forgot to care about. And that's unfortunate. We take a break. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher. We'll be right back.
2: You're over the never ending New Orleans summer heat. It's hot. Then you're one of us. It's hot. Welcome to 1061 Nash Icons, Never Ending Summer of Nash. I mean, let's be honest. We all prefer Nash country over 106 degrees. Let us reward your battle against the heat with some of the hottest tickets in New Orleans. It's
4: all about having a good time, right?
2: Every weekday while you work with Scott Innes, you can win tickets to Florida, Georgia Live. Luke Combs and Eric Church. Yes, one Nash winner will get them all. Get the code to text every day while you work. Stream us online at NashFM1061.com. Then turn it up loud. The never-ending summer of Nash. Only from New Orleans country giant. 1061 Nash FM.
3: Delays are solid on 10 westbound from St. Bernard to before Bonneville. Be mindful of a stalled vehicle blocking the center lane on 10 westbound at Causeway. Look out for delays that are steady on 10 eastbound from Williams to the airport. And then delays pick back up on 10 eastbound from just past City Park to the high rise. On the 610 on the eastbound side, delays are steady. From, C- from St. Bernard to the 10610 merge, and on the westbound side, from just before Canal Boulevard to the 10610 merge. If you're traveling along the West Bank Expressway and the Crescent City connection on the eastbound side, delays are solid from Stumpf Boulevard to the O'Keeffe Howard Avenue exit. If you're traveling along the Pontchartrain Expressway on the westbound side, delays are solid from the Claiborne Earhart exit to the St. Charles Carondelet exit. And if you're traveling westbound along the West Bank Expressway, delays are steady from just past Ames Boulevard to Avondale. I'm at Robinson.
2: Where can I get a nice cold beer and a view of the hottest girls in town? Nowhere else but Visions Men's Club serving $2 beer all day and all week long. Beat the heat and inflation at Visions on Downman Road, where all the smart locals go. Your bachelor party headquarters open from 11 a.m. until the cock crows traffic is brought to you by visions men's club serving two dollar beer all day and all week long
1: on the east bank and west bank from the lake to the gulf the men and women of the jefferson parish sheriff's office keep our parish safe some are on the beat others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community jpso is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers your community's calling
0: Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harrihan. Hi, folks. Trust is what Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating is all about. Take it from me, Eric Asher. If your AC ever fails, you can trust Burkhart to be there quick, get you back up and running. If you need a new AC, trust Burkhart to treat you with respect to help you save with a fair price do the job right. As my good friend John Burkhardt always says, trust is the foundation of our business. Just ask our customers. For air conditioning this season, trust Burkhardt. Visit acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com, and Telemeric sent you. Hey, folks, don't forget about my friends at Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating. At Burkhart, they want me to let you know that nothing is more important to Burkhart than your family's comfort and safety. Uh, many of us are having a tough time after the storm, and they want you to know that Burkhart is going to be there for you. Whether it's electrical repairs, a generator, or an air conditioning system, you need emergency service, you can always count on Burkhart. They're there ready to help, now like they always have been we got a long way to go when it comes to recovery from Hurricane Ida, but we're going to get through it together. If you need help, you can trust Burkhardt. Visit acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. That's from John Burkhardt, owner of uh, of Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, and I'm telling you, honest man. And um, what he says is is gospel. It's the truth. He's telling you the truth. Burkhart will be there for you. Hey, let me give you the injury report for the New Orleans Saints that finally came out. Uh, Did not practice today. Quan Alexander with an elbow. Uh, Marcus Davenport with a shoulder. Now, again, that's the peck. It's a strained peck. And and he should be back in a few weeks. Uh, Defensive back C.J. Gardner-Johnson has a knee injury. Uh, Linebacker Chase Hansen has a groin injury. Uh, uh, Passanio the... uh, a uh, defensive end who played so well last week, both the inside and outside, has a calf injury. We know Eric McCoy has a calf injury. It's, it's going to be about three to five weeks on him being out. Pete Werner, uh, the, the rookie uh, linebacker, has a hamstring injury. So Marshawn Lattimore, was at limited in practice? That's good to hear. Uh, with, with his hand, had a uh, chip bone in his thumb, had surgery on that on Tuesday. Uh, so, uh, again, I said, if he can handle the pain, he can play. That's about pain threshold. You saw him come back in the game. They probably numbed it up for him, and he came back in the game. You might see that again. Safety P.J. Williams had a back injury, uh, and uh, he was limited participation today. So, man, a lot of players that are big-time players on this team that are on this injury list right now. Now, let's hope it's similar to what we saw last week going into game one, right, where you saw a lot of these vets that were on the injury list. But uh, they were injuries that they could overcome on Sunday and able to be able to take the field for, for the black and gold. Uh, look, they played so well last week. Uh, some are saying there's going to be a, a, maybe a drop-off because of uh, uh, they were so high to play Green Bay. Look, I'm telling you, this is Sean Payne, Peyton coach team he's not going to let this team get too high or too low. Uh, he's going to do something about eating the cheese. I'm trying not to eat the cheese. I'm telling you, I'm trying not to eat the cheese. But after what you saw last week, you got to feel really good about the way this team played. And a lot of questions that we had were answered, not long-term, but they were answered for at least game one. And I feel really good about this team. First of all, i said it before, they're better than Carolina. Okay, it would be a mass disappointment if they went into Carolina and ended up losing that game. Now, look, they played almost a perfect game last week, didn't turn the ball over, not a lot of mistakes, not a lot of bust. When I went back, and as I said before, when I went back and watched the game the second time around, I was more impressed than I was when I watched it live. Because I, can, I, I usually go frame by frame, play by play, and I'm able to watch things a little bit closer. And normally when I do that, I come away maybe a little bit more negative on, on some things I did not this time around. So hopefully that is a precursor of things to come for the New Orleans Saints, and we can have a really good season this year. Uh, if that's the case, the Saints have a good season, that's good for business. All this thing goes hand-in-hand hand with our economy. When the Saints are winning, people are spending money, they're getting out, and, and they're enjoying Saints games. They're buying, uh, they're buying uh, uh, memorabilia and garb. Uh, they're out there eating before and after the games. They're going out to the, to the, the bars and watching, watching the games. So hopefully this can continue. And based on what we saw in week one, which was their tough opponent in the first quarter of the season, Saints look like they got a pretty darn good team after having a a COVID-19 purge of, again, some of the best players on this team that were backups uh, that are now starters on other teams or starters that, again, continue to start for other teams in the NFL simply because the Saints couldn't afford them uh, because of the losses of of COVID-19. We shall see. Uh, But uh, I'm bullish on the Saints Uh, for this weekend against the uh, Carolina Panthers. All right, this program is brought to you by our friends at uh, the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambos, O'Neal's Cookery, and Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. Voted number one restaurant in memory by TripAdvisor. It's a place where you can go enjoy a great meal with your family, maybe hanging out with the boys, maybe your friends, your girlfriends, uh, or maybe you just want to go out and watch the big game. Uh, 30-plus TV screens all over the restaurant. Games on every single, uh, on every single uh, TV during the uh, football season, and let me tell you something, folks. Uh, you'll never miss a play because yes, they even have TVs in the bathroom. That's right. You go to the restroom, you're not missing a play. That's outstanding. Mouth menu for you, something for everybody. This is not this is not bar food, memory. This is again Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest. Amazing cocktail, great beer selection. And, of course, at Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, it's unique because it's the perfect combination of Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine. And if you love memorabilia like I love memorabilia, man, i am telling you what, it's like a museum in there. you got to go check out the memorabilia. Every time I go into Bobby A. Bear's, there's something I see on the wall that maybe I didn't see before. Outstanding. Order online for delivery or check out their menu at BobbyAbear.com. Open seven days a week and open late. Lunch and dinner, 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. So good. We'll be right back after these messages with Mike Trippett of ESPN.
4: Right now at Diamonds Direct, whether you buy a $3,000 diamond pendant or a $30,000 designer ring, you can spread your payments over five years without paying a diamond in interest. It's Diamonds Direct's most aggressive offer ever. Pick any item, get the super low price Diamonds Direct is known for, and spread your payments over five years with zero interest and zero down. No exceptions. Don't miss this incredible limited time offer. Five years, zero interest. On approved credit only at Diamonds Direct. On Severn Avenue across from Lakeside Mall.
0: Go back to Inside New Orleans. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Open early, open late. Oceanic Grill opens at 8 a.m. closes at 1 a.m. Uh, Mambo's open. Uh, Mambo's they open up at 10 o'clock in the morning, uh, and and they are open all the way to 2 a.m. Uh, the same thing with, uh, with uh, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant as well as um, as uh, Old New Orleans Cookery. Uh, and they're staying open even later because they know a lot of folks are out there working, uh, especially the linemen that are, that, are, that are trying to get the power back on. Uh, it's hard to find a place to eat right now in New Orleans, so they're staying open as late as they can for you. So you're looking for a meal, looking for a place to get maybe cool if your air conditioning is down uh, or just maybe a place to have, grab a cocktail. Think about my friends at the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Cajun Creole Cuisine is Finest, and also Fantastic Cocktails. All are open and ready for you. And they do deliver, or you can utilize their delivery partners as well. All right, joining us on the program now from ESPN, Mike Triplett joins us. Mike, how are you, bud?
6: Doing doing well, Eric. Thanks for having
0: me. Mike, y- y'all did okay in the storm?
6: We did okay, yeah. We got to replace the fence and roof sheets. Uh, uh, you know, got our power back eventually. It felt like ten months,
0: but it was only probably three right. days. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Uh, we were blessed as well. Fence damage, but not a lot of damage to the house. So again, based on and and my neighborhood looks like a bomb dropped on it. I mean, we have so wow. many old oak trees. This is one of the first. Um, this is one. This is one of the the first uh, subdivisions in Metairie. So again, we it's an older subdivision. And there's a lot of oak trees that were brought in that were still left up when they when they built the subdivision. So, a lot of those beautiful oaks went down all around the neighborhood, which is heartbreaking. But, man, it just it 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 really looks bad. If you if you want, but again, not I I can say that, but I know friends that have gone down to the Bayou Parishes, and it, it's nothing compared to what they're dealing with.
6: Yeah, no, and uh, my wife's family's from Homa, and uh, they took a beating down there. Yeah, they sure. did,
0: yeah. Got friends in the River Parishes, same thing. Uh, they took a beating as well. Hopefully again we'll be able to recover quickly. That's that's for sure. Mike, I gotta ask you this. Look, we both of us have been doing this a long time. And 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 I always try to temper any type of enthusiasm one way or the other, whether it's negative or positive, right? Uh what I saw last week, based on all the question marks, and we talked about it all off season, yeah. this team had, uh, what a performance by this team. And and I'm not trying to get too high on them, but man. They they showed me something last week, uh, you know, in a, in a dominating win, and especially, again, in areas where there were real question marks. At least for week one, they were answered. What were you, You've watched well, this team throughout training camp. What you, Did you see this coming?
6: Well, I, I will tell you one area, and it's actually what I wrote about today, uh, that they kept telling us it was coming, and we should have been listening to them, was that defense, um, which was probably the most stunning part of the game because it happened against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, the, the way they, I mean, there was a, a statistician, uh, I know, I think they posted it on ESPN, that it said it was Aaron Rodgers' worst game of his career. Uh, and who saw that coming? But the the defense said it. I mean, they said even with the missing pieces, Malcolm Jenkins had a line a couple weeks ago about how he said he's never been this confident in any defense he's ever played on, this, you know, so early in training camp ever. And Demario Davis said the same thing, and, 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 you know, that they can be the number one defense in the league, and C.J. gardner johnson said it, and they really meant it. And, and they've been building toward this for, for the last few years, but but they're ready to take ownership of this team. They're like, they're not the defense that just needs to get the ball back in Drew Brees' hands. They're a defense that wants to go out and win games. And and so, yeah, we can't get too high. Look, the, the depth issues the Saints have are for real, and, and it's going to bite them in some games, and it's going to be hard for them. To, to consistently play great. But this was a reminder of why this team was 12-4 and four last year, even when Michael Thomas was hurt last year and Drew Brees didn't have his best season last year because they have a great defense, a great head coach, and a great offensive line, things that I don't think they weren't getting enough credit for.
0: It looks like, at least on paper, they've solved the, the starting position and the depth issue at cornerback. Would you agree?
6: Well, so... Uh, you know, as long as Marshawn Lattimore comes back uh, healthy sooner than sure. later, which looks like he mm-hmm. has a chance to after he returned to practice on a limited basis today. But, yeah, that is amazing how how uh, quickly there's depth there. Like, we're already thinking, man, how do you decide when everyone's healthy whether to start Bradley Roby or Paulson Adipo mm-hmm. and Ken Crawley, right. who looked like it was going to be the week one starter, or suddenly the number four guy.
0: Right, and then Desmond Trufant played well last week as well.
6: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, and I didn't expect much out of him at all, to be honest with you. But he, again, in well, a pinch a when pro. he had to come well, in, he's
6: a real pro. And I, and I true, partially, that might be all they needed was somebody who's who's competent. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and look, the corners all look good when the pass rush is there, and we wondered if the pass rush might take right. it, and maybe it will now mm-hmm. with Marcus Davenport missing some time. But boy, the way the the, the new newcomers tackle and and. Uh, and, and those guys stepped in. Yes, uh, I, I think I wrote they took next man up to the next level last game.
0: Yeah, they did. And of course now Peyton Turner may get an opportunity. Did you yeah. like what you saw out of him in training camp?
6: Yeah, very briefly. Um, he was especially good in the first few padded practices after the pads came on and, and he showed some versatility that he could play inside, outside, play the run, play the pass. But we're talking super small sample size. Obviously, he didn't get to play in a single preseason game. Um, played at a, a smaller level of competition in college, uh, you know, for the most part. Uh, so it, it'll be hard to expect him to come on like Game right away, but I would have told you all the same things about Paulson and <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: okay. Right. Right, no doubt. Um, I have to, we saw Drew Brees do this with cast offs and undrafted free agents. We Now we saw. Last week, in a smaller sample size, obviously, Jameis Winston do the same. They bring on Kenny Stills this week, who's obviously, again, uh, has knowledge of the system. How do you rate this wide receiver position, now? another position that was a question mark going into the season?
6: I don't necessarily feel any better or worse about it. Uh, I think we saw from Jawan Johnson in the game what what we saw all at training camp, which is that he's going to be a factor, even though he only played – 12 snaps, but then West Calloway, who was the breakout player in the entire NFL this summer, had a, had a quiet performance. I mean, you're still Deontay Harris, love him as a deep threat. He's going to do more than he's done. Um, Chris Hogan, Ty Montgomery, little Jordan Humphrey, now Kenny Stills, you have depth. But I, it's the same way I felt before. I think all those guys belong on an NFL roster, but you kind of wish they were your two, three, four, five instead of your one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm.
0: And, of course, eventually you'll get Michael Thomas back, and some yeah. of those guys will take a more subordinate role. But they they really stepped up last week. I also was impressed with, with Caesar Rees coming in and to, and, and, and snapping yeah. the football at the center position, and then Throckmorton coming in. When I went back and so looked at the game the second time, maybe I wasn't as impressed as I was the, the first time around, but he held his own.
6: Well, he held his own, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that – was maybe one of the most surprising things because, boy, oh, boy, did they dominate at the line of scrimmage on offense. Oh, and they did. If you told me they were dominating the line of scrimmage, I'd be like, well, you know, Eric McCoy's finally going to get his due now as one of the best young offensive linemen in the league. <laughs> he only played <laughs> right? five snaps in the whole game. He wasn't right? part of it. Um, and, and for for Ruiz, after he battled in last year, it's yeah, Rod Morton. Um, really, really impressive.
0: It was. All right, give me your thoughts on Jameis Winston. You watch him through training camp. You know, look, we can hear a lot of lip service out of athletes saying what they're going to do, but when the the rubber hits the road, they tend to go back to, again, uh, you know, like anybody else, uh, your tendencies, what you lean on. I mean, I do it on the radio at times, right? Your thoughts on his performance based on what you saw in the preseason and what he said he was going to be as a quarterback. Yeah,
6: look, uh, that was – James Winston living out exactly what he said, what John Baton said, what you know what he's been saying for months, which is that he's got to be smart in this position. And, and he's going to take the checkdowns, but that he has not lost his aggressive desire to hit a deep ball, which he did do at the end of the game. So, I mean, this is obviously best-case scenario. Um, even Aaron Rodgers threw two interceptions in a game. Nobody's immune to that. He's going to have turnovers. Don't panic when he does. And he might have double-digit interceptions this year. But the 30 interceptions, that wasn't really who he was. He wasn't throwing 30 interceptions every year. And he's really talented. He, he, can, you know, he can throw deep. He's got tons of experience. He's got tons of winning experience. He go back to college. So he's a guy that I think if he had been in this year's draft class somehow, he still would have been a first-round pick based on talent. And then he'd spent a whole year learning from degrees learning from Sean Payton and Pete Carmichael, going to visit different trainers, getting his body in better shape, having LASIK surgery, uh, you know, going over the tape of every one of his interceptions and going over it with his throwing coach. In the, Everything you could hope that a guy like him would do, he's done. That doesn't mean he'll be a success, but, you know, you add in that he's working with a great, great offensive mind and Sean Payton, a great offensive line, keeping him protected he has got every opportunity to really succeed. And and, and I think the blueprint to hope for is kind of like what Ryan Tannehill has become in Tennessee.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Mike, uh, you've been around this coaching staff since you started covering this team the one thing I take away each and every year, even if there's a shuffle within that staff is, and Peyton talks about it all the time, great teachers. You see guys come into this organization and they get better. So much so that, again, other teams covet them when they become cast-offs or or free agents. We're seeing it again, 14 undrafted free agents that, that, again, are on this club right now and growing depending on what week it's there. And, and these guys, to a man, are, are again already, and they get better each and every season.
6: Well, and the best one of them all is probably Ryan Nielsen, of the defensive line, and speak of being coveted. Or, uh, I, I don't want to rub any salt in the fans of. I know you have a lot of LSU fans listening, but sure, and Amanda, oh they wish they could have prized him away, because huh. uh, he yeah, you're
0: right again,
6: does it with with with. These defensive linemen, the defensive tackles this game, Malcolm Roach and Christian Ringo, mm-hmm. uh, to do what they did with those guys, just remarkable how he has continued to, to produce with different defensive linemen. Uh, I think he's been great. But, yeah, Chris Richard stepping into that secondary coach role. Um, and, you know, obviously so many other guys. Dan Rochard, what he's done with that offensive line. Pete Carmichael Jr. probably doesn't get nearly a credit he deserves. Dennis Allen probably doesn't get nearly the credit he deserves. It's a really Mm -hmm.
0: good stat. No doubt. How do you think the COVID-19 outbreak with the coaches will affect this team? Now, there's an opportunity those coaches can return, right? Because they were all vaccinated.
6: Yeah, because they were all vaccinated, they just have to have two negative tests. Uh, They have not been updating us uh, on that. They were not back in practice yet today. But it is possible that if they're able to, to get two negative tests by uh, game day that I think they can uh, coach, and so I guess uh, they're sort of game time decisions based on that criteria.
0: If they don't make it, how much do you think this affects them? I mean, again, you know they're going to have a plan. There's already a plan in place on how they're going to deal with this, but how much does that affect them versus Carolina?
6: Um, yeah, I, I, I hate to say it doesn't matter, uh, but I mean, boy, this team is so good at dealing with adverse situations that you almost sometimes think <laughs> that brings the best out of them. And, and they were already sure. talking about some of the positives of how they adjusted their meetings to have sort of the Sean Payton leading every every review of every tape. You know, uh, James was saying how much he loved that the other day. Uh, and they do still have, you know, at least, you know, they have Pete Carmichael, the offensive coordinator. They had Ronald Curry, the quarterback's coach. Jack Street the assistant offensive line coach. They had Jermon Bushrod. Who's doing a one-year coaching internship, coaching the tight ends today? Um, so you know they've got, they've got ways to make up for it. The other guys are still involved in the game planning, the the tape reviewing, and all that stuff from their hotel rooms. So you know I think it's something they can overcome. Even though you don't want to you don't want to belittle it.
0: Mike, uh, final question for you: Saints go up to Carolina this week. Tell us tell us how it breaks down and what you think happens.
6: Well, you know, look, I, I picked them. I think I've turned in my final score prediction of something like 23-19. to 19. I mean, obviously they can they can catch lightning in a bottle again and, and, and play great, but um, with the players they're missing, with the attrition of being on the road again for the second straight week and being on the road for the second straight week, I mean, eventually they might have to slog through one of these where everything doesn't go their way, but I do like the way they match up against the Panthers. I would have picked them to pick beat the panthers in week one even before we saw that performance I, uh-huh. I, I like their matchup in this game but they're not an easy out they've got a lot of talent at the skill position starting with christian mccaffrey they're in year two under matt rule and joe brady and uh they're they're a team that has a lot of nice things from young defensive players they're not going to be an easy out by any stretch of the imagination
0: mike always appreciate your time man thanks so much again today tell the folks about what you got coming up for us on espn and how folks can follow you on social media
6: Yeah, I wrote a couple things these last couple days. Today I wrote about the defense, as we talked about earlier, and also about uh, what I think was one of Sean Payton's finer moments as a head coach with everything they've been dealing with in that game plan. Uh, So those are a couple of the things that that I did this week that you can check out uh, on the Saints page on now.
0: Thank you, Mike. Appreciate the time, bud. That's uh, Mike Trippett of ESPN. Hey, don't forget about my friends over at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Air conditioning systems, electrical systems, generators. Uh, Again, you're looking for a tankless water heater. Uh, They got you covered. Uh, Burkhardt, again, is involved in so many things. Yes, AC is is job one, but uh, they have spread out uh, their wings in terms of so many things they can do for you. But the main thing is standing behind their work, doing only the work that's necessary, being honest and upfront with you as a customer. Again, that's valued, and at Burkhart, they are all about that. So if you're looking for a company you can trust, you know a lot of you're gonna you're gonna have to get in prices on things that again that 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 you've lost in the storm. Uh, If it if it coincides with some of the things that Burkhart does. Uh, why don't you give them a shot? Let, let let them give you a price because, again, what you'll get is service before and after the sale and, and of course, a co- and a company that's going to stand behind their work. Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. To find out more, go to acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Dell's semi-annual sale is the perfect time to power up productivity and gaming
2: victories. Now, you can save what Dell employees save on high-performance tech. Save 17% on the latest XPS and Alienware computers with Intel Core processors. Plus, check out exclusive savings on Dell monitors, headsets, and accessories for greater immersion in all you do. Upgrade today by calling 800 by dell Again, that's 800 by dell Or you can visit dell.com slash semi-annual (music) sale. We're planning a trip to Spain later this year. But our Spanish is... Uh... <laughs> it's pretty bad. So we're using Babbel. Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive, bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. There's no easier way to learn another language. Ahora hablamos español. He just said, now we speak Spanish. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's b-a-b-b-e-l.com.
4: Diamonds Direct's most incredible offer ever is going on now. Five years, zero interest financing on any purchase with no money down. How about that $5,000 designer ring for less than $85 a month? It's smart, it's easy, it's unheard of. You can even finance 100% of the purchase price. How about a $3,000 pair of earrings, just $50 a month? Fine jewelry has never been more affordable. But hurry, this is a limited time offer. Five years, zero interest on approved credit. Only at Diamonds Direct. On Severn Avenue across from Lakeside Mall.
0: Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. We wrap it up here on this Thursday. Thanks to Jordy Collada the Jordy Collada Show for joining us. Mike Triplett of ESPN always does a great job uh, covering the Saints. Uh, I want you to stick around. No, 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 you don't have to go anywhere. Uh, the life resources, bottom line sports hours coming up, Pastor Michael Green and Ken Trahan till about uh, 6.43 or so, and then they're going to go right into the uh, Rummel Slidell pregame and then Rummel Slidell uh, at 7 o'clock uh, from Lakeshore High right here. Here on 106.1 FM. I uh, want to thank all of our great sponsors, including our friends at the Oceana family of restaurants Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, and Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. Don't forget about the Hideout Bar. All are open. All are open late. Uh, all, again, can uh, e- uh, either either deliver in the quarter or, again, Bobby Bears uh, ca- uh, Cajun Canada restaurant delivers in Metairie or they have delivery partners. Uh, so, again, if you're looking for a hot meal, looking for a, maybe a cocktail, a place to go cool off, the Oceana family of restaurants are all open. Special thanks to all of the sponsors that sponsor our program. Go to ericasher.com for a slash to the sponsor, sponsor our program. It's pretty easy, folks. Click on the icon, takes you right to the sponsor's website. You can find out everything you need. Know about the sponsor, including again if they're open or not, what type of menu they have, or again uh, if it's some of our other sponsors, or whatever their discipline is, uh, again they can help you as well. Again, uh, please consider uh, our sponsors. I'll go to ericasher.com for the slideshow of those sponsors. Also, uh, again, thanks to Rudy back at studio, always uh, taking care of us here. Uh, the award winning Inside to All in Sports is coming up at 6 o'clock on WLAE TV. Garland Gillen is my guest. Uh, check that out. I'll have the um, have it posted on our social media platforms at some point this evening, and of course, this program. If you missed any of it today, you can check it out on the Anchor app. But we're on all the major podcasting platforms, so you can check that out at your leisure. And we appreciate those that listen over the airwaves at 106.1 FM, but also take the time to listen to the podcast. Uh, so pleased about the podcast and, and the, um, the type of listenership we're getting. Thank you so much for listening on the podcast as well. All right, we got another one in the books. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow straight up 4 o'clock for the William Grant family to still his Friday extravaganza. Stick and stay right now uh, as the Life Resources Bottom Line Sports Hour with Pastor Michael Green and Kenny Trahan is next, and then that's going to be followed by Rummel Slidell from Lakeshore High. Eric Asher signing off. See you tomorrow, straight up 4 o'clock. From the dog catch of the guvna, they all got to go.